sandwiches, ice cream, coffee and snacks, and many other pleasing treats. Our foods are fresh and tasty, our drinks satisfying and refreshing. They're so good. Welcome to Average Joe's Drive-In. And now, on with the show. just heard a new track from in the kingdom of nightmares which just happens to be my band uh today as a matter of fact which will be august 28th when this episode airs um our new album requiem is dropping across all digital formats um you can pick it up on bandcamp spotify itunes google pretty much wherever you get music you can find it um the track you just heard was called Ode to Brothers, uh, and at the end of the show, you are going to be hearing a uh, song making its debut to the world. This is a song that we haven't even played live, um, and we're very pumped for people to hear it, and that song is called Wolves at the Gate. Um, 
very proud of this album. Very proud of all the guys in the band and all the work that went into this. Um, I really hope you guys enjoy it. And if you do, please go pick it up wherever uh, you purchase your music. And that would be awesome and it would help us out. If you want to get it off our band camp, it is in the kingdom of nightmares.bandcamp.com. But before we get to that next song, um, I this was one of those interviews that was a long time coming. And I had author Emma J. Gibbon on. Um, her and I have known each other for a while through a uh, writer's group, a couple writer's groups that we're a part of, actually. And, um, you know, back when I was doing the show before, we had talked about doing it, um, getting her on. And it just kind of never panned out. And so now that she has a awesome new book out called uh, Dark Blood Comes from the Feet, I thought it was appropriate time to get her on so she could talk about this. And we had a really good time and it was a blast. And I hope you all enjoy it. On to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 114 of Average Joe's Drive-In. And with me this week is my guest, author, Emma J. Gibbon. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, you know, hanging in there, as it were. I'm hanging in there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, how about you? uh, It's been been a weird year, I will say that, all around. I I just went back to my job. About a month and a half ago now, so I'm kind of getting back into the routine. But I was laid off for three and a half months, so wow. getting going from that back into like a normal, regular workflow and just everything was was pretty nutty. I think this has disrupted everybody in one way or the other, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've been a, in my other job, apart from being an author, I'm a librarian, and we've been back. I think since I want to say May. But in May, we, just the staff went back, and then after that, we did like curbside pickup. So it's not been too long where we've been, the library's been open. Um, but even then, it's not how we used to be open. It's a bunch of different rules, and everything's disrupted, and it's finding a different way to do stuff. So, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been a strange year. Yeah, it's been one of those things. Like I think everybody has had to learn to adapt a little bit to what was your, you know, I hate to say it because it's an overblown word, the new normal. Yep. You know, every, everybody's had to adjust and kind of get used to doing stuff in a modified way or whatever. Like, you know, I, I work at a university and we have 15,000 kids on campus. You know, it's yeah. so th- they're getting ready to come back. So we're trying to get ready for them to come back and, there's a lot of there's a lot of ifs in how are we gonna do this and how are we gonna do that and it's just it's very stressful but yeah. I'm hoping we can get through it and uh, kind of guide our way. Hopefully, people will be kind to each other and not you know go out the other other route of things because it's gonna make things way more difficult if they don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we I mean at at the library we found people have just been all in all people have been very understanding um and very kind to each other and and really it's been pretty good but everybody's under so much stress that you know people generally i think are not acting like they usually are acting because everybody's so you know 
stressed. So it's uh, so that's that's the thing as well. Um, but yeah, so far, luckily, everybody's been pretty great with the yeah. new rules. So. I know it's been different. Like I, I ran into a buddy of mine I went to uh, high school with mm. that I haven't seen in yeah, five or six years. I think yeah. was the last time that I saw him, and he was up visiting his parents from Carolina. And it was like, dude, I really wanted to shake his hand and say hi, you know, and it was, yeah. he's a good buddy of mine growing up. But it's at the same time, it's like, I'm just going to stand and kind of wave at you from <laughs> a short distance and talk because, you know, we don't want to get too close to each other. It's just, it's it. definitely different. But <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of waving as well. Like, I don't know about you, if you've done many Zoom calls, but uh, waving at people through the computer as well, there's a lot of waving. You know, when you say goodbye, everybody waves. Uh, which is yeah. weird. You wouldn't do that in a real life meeting. You wouldn't say, "Okay, this is anybody," yeah. and everybody wave at each other. Right? Yeah, we uh, we do all of our office meetings at, at work that way. Everybody, every couple weeks, we usually have one to kind of keep everybody updated on what's going on because things are changing so quickly and yeah. and just it, it's it's really it's really nuts. It like from day to day, the amount of things change. So. They decided the best thing was every couple of weeks just do a meeting with everybody. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think a lot of places. I know we were doing that, um, but we've settled into a routine now. But again, nothing's. Um, everything can change at any moment. So, so we've just got to keep remembering that. Yeah. 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 So, so tell you know for for those who don't know who you are that maybe aren't like dedicated readers of yours. Um, or don't really just know you personally, could you tell everybody, you know, a little bit about yourself and uh, how you came into being a writer and even a librarian? Yeah, um, it, it was it was a long road for both of them. So um, as far as being a, a writer is concerned, um, I've been writing a long time. Um, I don't I, I try and skirt around how long because it, you know, it tells how old I'm. Um, but no, really. Um, I started writing when I was a teenager. I started writing poetry, um, and I still write poetry. But I hope that my poetry is slightly better now than it was when I was a teenager. <laughs> um, and I, um, so I started off doing that, and then I've done different um, different uh, formats over the years. Um, but in the last, I say the last ten years, I've been focusing on on short stories. And I, um, I write horror. I didn't know that I wrote horror for a while. Like I've always, I've always been a, a big horror fan. I mean, especially when I was younger. And then, but I read all kinds of things. I read all genres, um, and and watch all kinds of things. Um, but I just, when I write, it tends to come out darker. And so about, and and I got close to publishing, but not that but not quite a couple of times when I was looking at more like non-horror markets. Um, but about, I'm going to say about three to four, about four years ago now, I made a decision. Um, I, you know, I thought, you know, you're a horror writer. You should be sending stuff to horror, um, horror places. And I joined um, Horror Writers of Maine, which is when I met you, I think, and also the New England Horror Writers Group. And that really helped me. Um, and so I started sending stories out, um, and I got a few published in different anthologies. And so, 
eventually I, I had enough because I've been writing this stuff for 10 years. I had enough um, stories to send to an open call um, by Trepidatio Publishing and they published my book. So in May, Dark Blood Comes From the Feet was released, which is short stories and it's horror fiction. Um, so, yeah. So, so in one way, I know that I must appear to have come out of nowhere, but at the same time, I've been like writing for like over 20 years, just, yeah. uh, you know, so um, obviously I'm not from Maine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought you were from Southern, you know, Southern Maine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do part different. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, I came to Maine um, in 2010, I think. I, I married someone from Maine. And up until that point, I'd spent the last 10 years being a school teacher. Um, but when I came here, they wanted me to, I mean, quite frankly, they wanted me to jump through a bunch of hoops to prove that I could teach. Um, and I didn't want to because I've been teaching for 10 years. And it was one of the things they wanted me to do was uh take uh, an English test to prove that I could speak English. Um, seeing as I went from England, that was kind of, you know. Um, right. <laughs> um, and so I was like, well, actually, you know, do I want to do this anymore? And I volunteered at the local library um, just because, you know, I wanted to think about what I wanted to do. And I really enjoyed it. And um, I work there now. I volunteered there. Um, and then I got a job in another library somewhere else and I did my library uh, master's degree and ended up working at the first library I volunteered at. Uh, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's kind of a, a weird, you know, like serendipitous thing yeah. right there. You know, you, it made, you made the journey around. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I really, I mean, I, I really like being. It helps me a lot because when I was a teacher, I didn't write very much because I was just exhausted. Like, right. I, I don't, I have so much respect for people who not only teach and write, but then you have people here who have, do like two or three jobs and they teach, and I just don't know how they do it. Um, so being a librarian, it's hard work, but it's hard work in a different way, which means that I have the brain space to write as well. So it's really helped me with the writing as well, because, and also I, I know what books are coming out all the time. I'm very immersed in, in what the latest books are and authors and things like that so it's been really useful yeah i and, and i think you mentioned about you know like you said it, you seemed like you come out of nowhere yeah that falls into so many creative and creative pursuits of any type whether it's yeah. music yeah. or movies or anything i mean i've uh i've been doing music and playing in bands for over 20 years and it's weird sometimes yeah. you'll meet somebody and be like oh well i never heard of you guys where did you guys go i was like dude we've been in out and playing now for you know yeah. 10 years 10 or 11 years it's just you know it takes a while i think the rule of thumb i always heard about bands was most bands are around for at least 10 to 12 years before anybody even hears of them yeah i yeah i can imagine <laughs> that being true yeah it is i think it because you always there's always um you know you hear of like musicians and actors and they'll be they're like an overnight sensation but they'll have been working at it for years like they didn't just pop out of nowhere just because we didn't know them doesn't mean <laughs> not been you know working on it for a long time 
the, 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 the tale of the struggling artist is real. I hate <laughs> yeah. It's not as glamorous as it seems, you know. I uh, Back in the day when I did the band stuff a lot more seriously than I do now, which, I mean, I still do it seriously, but not. Mm -hmm. You know, we have. No, I'm at the age now, my aspirations of touring and doing all that stuff are gone. Yeah. But, you know, we did small tours, and we, we ate the uh, cans of beans that we cooked over our little grill and, you know, had uh, ramen noodles. And, you know, showered in the bathroom of the venue we were playing. And, yeah. you know, it's that's all real. It's not limos and money and yeah. <laughs> all, yeah. all that stuff for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then and they met with, like, authors who I admire um, who seem who are doing fantastic. And then you realize that they also do a day job um, because the money's not there. Is has been sobering. You know, you always hope that, you know, that, but it's but it not – there's not that much money in it, put it that way. Nope, um, nope. You're really lucky if, if you do. And, yeah, but I do I do find that sometimes when, uh, you know, you get this news and you've, you've been writing for years and it's really exciting. And, and like, I got um, I got, an, I got a review by NPR, um, and which is m massive. And um, that day, like, it was like... But it was weird because I was just doing everyday things, um, especially... Um, with the pandemic because you're not really going anywhere so you get all this exciting news about your book coming out and reviews and things but at the same time you're just at home doing you know definitely not living the glamorous life over here put it that way <laughs> oh yeah 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 and it's and it's really weird like um my my band just finished up an album and yeah we literally cannot do shows we have no yeah. way to really push the album and you know, like yeah. we, in, but we've been sending it out to a few people, and and basically everyone that's heard it is like, this is the best thing I've ever heard from your band, you know. So it's yeah. it's the pandemic thing has made things very weird. Now, a question yeah. about the pandemic for you, I don't know about you, but like me, I found that I was very not creative the entire time that I was stuck yeah. at home. No, yep, that is because at first I was like, because. You know, I was just like, oh, I'm going to get loads of writing done. I'm going to go. I'm going to read all these books. I'm going to, you know, do all this stuff. And I and I've not been able to. I was not create. I wasn't very creative at all. And I'm still trying to work my way back. Um, the writing's coming back a little bit. Um, I am working on stuff, but the reading, I've really, really struggled to read. Um, yeah. I couldn't concentrate. Uh, and that's still not fully, especially when you think about, you know, what I do, both things I do for a living, like reading is really important. And, and, it, and it's been hard. I, I think that, I think that our brain, I mean, I know that our brains are like being flooded with cortisol because we're all stressed and that you can't focus when that's happening. But, but I think, I definitely think that like our, our brains are, are concentrating on surviving. And so a lot of the, kind of like the creative stuff gets shut off for a while so i yeah i there's people i know there's people who found it they've been you know they're online and they're like i've they've been able to write and they're writing all the you know thousands and thousands of words and they've been able to read like 50 books but that's not my experience I, i've really i've it's been a struggle it definitely yeah. has been a struggle yeah See, like when i when i first got you know, furloughed. I knew it was a temporary furlough because they were very upfront with us about that. But yeah. 
it was one of those things. So at first I was like, you know, I have never had more than two weeks off at once in my entire life. I have worked since I was 12 years old. I started at my family business, you know, and then, so I've never had more than two weeks off since I was basically 12, where I didn't work at least one day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I was like, wow, you know, I'm going to have at least, because they were pretty upfront saying, you know, you guys are going to be off probably for at least a couple months. And I was like, this is the perfect time. My writing has been very lax the last couple years. I've, I've really kind of put it on the back burner. I, I, as you know, it can get very frustrating and yeah. very disappointing at times, when, especially when you're sending stuff out and you're getting rejection letter after rejection yeah. letter. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I got very frustrated with it, so I kind of just was like, I'm going to take a break for a little while or otherwise I'm going to hate it and never write again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've slowly kind of started dipping my toes back in the water and working on a few things here and there. But that time off, I was like, you know, I've got about 10... I think I've got 10 or 11 short stories that need a little polish, you know, need, need a little, need a little revising mm. need, you know, but I was like, they're good stories and there's something there with them. And I, I think I could maybe write, you know, put out a new, put out a new anthology of, of stories. And I started working on it. I think I got like three of them done. And then I just was like, I can't, my brain just is not, just is not, I'm thinking of 18,000 other things right now yeah. instead of the stories. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's basically what happened. And also I was, I mean, I was still working. So even though I was at home, I was still working full time hours um, because a, a lot of my stuff I can still do um, at home. And we were, we were also trying to figure out how to reach people from home. So, so even trying to do that, you know, I didn't, I, a lot of people were like, well, you've got all this time. And I'm like, well, not, I've got no more time than usual. I'm still working, you know. So, um, but yeah, I I definitely found that. I'm, at the moment, I'm in the really early stages of, of writing a novel. Um, so it was just, it just came to doing like pieces, small pieces at, the t- at a time, going easy on myself. Um, because if you start to berate yourself for not doing enough, then, that stops you anyway, you know. Right. So, um, but it, but it's been. I mean, obviously, I, I mean, obviously, a lot more people, that, people who have been sick, people who have lost people, people who have, um, been lost their jobs are having a lot rougher time. You know, I'm having it easy compared to most people. Um, but but I did. I I really struggled to be to do the things I love the most, and and it was um it was it was a shock. Really? Yeah. 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 No, I, yeah. Oh, I fully, yeah, I fully agree. It's, 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 uh, it's one of, yeah, it's one of those things. Cause like I went into it as well, I'm going to just, you know, revise and edit some stuff and maybe that, you know, that will help me get in the flow because yeah. I want to start writing some stuff again. I've got some ideas and mm-hmm. just didn't happen. <laughs> and it was, yep. It, yep. it was, it, it's been, it's been so odd, you know, every, everything I do crazy. Like I write, I write lyrics all the time. Like I write yep. probably between one and four sets of lyrics a week, which <laughs> that may not sound like a lot to a lot of people, but as, oh, as that is, that's a that's that's a lot i don't know a lot of people that put out like the volume 
of mm-hmm. lyrics that I put out. And I mean, I'm used to always writing something, you know, whether, whether it's, you know, fiction, whatever, or if it's, or lyrics or whatever, but I'm always writing something. And yeah. I think I went almost four months and didn't write any lyrics at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's the thing. Like I didn't read and, and, and it was nothing to do with the books I was reading. Like I've got books. I'm halfway through a bunch of different books because I, I kept trying to, um, I kept trying different things and it wasn't the books. It was me that I, I have, I don't remember ever struggling to read, you know, like as soon as I learned how to read, I, I have been reading since then. And, and the, the irony is, is that often when people worry about not being able to read, I would be the one who I'd joke online, say, you know, like, you know, by the power vested in me as a librarian, I can tell you, you don't have to read all the time. You can take a break. It'll come back because it does come back. Um, people have periods of not reading for all kinds of things, that, you know, usually to do with stress in their lives. So I've always, always said that to people, but then it happened to me and I and it was it was upsetting, you know. I it, it's like a, a an escape and a and a thing that I do that I didn't have access to anymore. Um, thankfully, it's time to come back. So I am I'm a lot slower than usual, but I am I am reading a little bit. But I went from always reading every day, like before before bed, and uh, to to nothing. And and it it was a very strange feeling. Yeah. I I could I could relate to the to the going long periods without reading thing because I've always been a voracious reader since I was since I was a little kid like I I really struggled with reading when I was younger yeah and uh, I discovered the lion the witch and the wardrobe yeah and that was what kind of set me on the path of like I hated to read and I struggled with it and then I discovered that one day in my school library and I started reading that, and I just fell in love with it. And from yeah. there, I went on to, like, the Hardy Boys. And, you know, then I discovered fantasy literature and horror. And I just was yeah. always – I would read, a, you know, I would read two or three books a week on average at least. Yeah. You know, always had a book in my hand. But as I've got older, it seems like I go through those periods where sometimes I go a year and don't read anything. Yeah, that's that's completely normal, you know, like people, it's like life has a way of filling up with stuff and, you know, that's, uh, and that's how it works and then you come back to it later. Uh, um, I I did, I've done a similar thing with um, movies, so I I was always a massive, I was always a massive movie fan when I was younger, like I, I watched it, but then I went to, when I went to university the first time, a lot of my classes were about film theory and things like that, and it totally burnt me out of, of watching movies. So I didn't go watch movies for years and years, and I, and I in no way watched as many as I used to. Right. So, you know, like, I think I think there is, like, other parts filling your life. Like, it's not, I mean, part of my job is reading, so it's different for me, but, um, but yeah, it's completely normal to go long periods without reading. But it always comes back. You always... I just keep need to keep telling myself that, that when I freaked out because I couldn't read. Right. Yeah. I think sure, and that's the thing with me. Like, um, I I just just started reading your book, mm-hmm. and but that's one thing I've always loved about short story collections 
is I can read, you know, I can sit down and read one short story. I don't feel, I have a one big thing with me, especially when I haven't been reading on the regular for a while, is diving back into a novel is is daunting <laughs> to me, like when I haven't read for a while. So I always like to read like a short story collection or something or a novella or something that's a little shorter that I can digest quicker. And that usually yeah. sets me on the path of then I'll I'll get right back into it where I'm just reading like crazy again. And it, it's so it's yeah, it's, it's, I think it's different for everybody, but it's definitely yeah. it's one of those things that um, it's it's. Like, I'm starting to feel like it's been a couple of years since I've really, really been heavy into reading. Like, I've read a few books, but not like I normally, you know, do. So I'm I'm kind of hoping by reading your book that I will, yeah. that will get me back on the right path. And speaking of your book, I want to talk a little bit about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the title, by the way. That's that's That sounds like it. To me, that's a song title, you know, that just screams like it needs some, like, awesome, like, black metal or something behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, tell me a little bit about the book. And, um, you know, I want to – I know it's an interesting collection of short uh, short stories that all kind of stand on their own differently. But yeah, uh, you don't have to summarize each one of them, but maybe, you know, just as a whole – uh, and maybe like, what is your favorite? What is your favorite? I know this is like naming your favorite cat or kid or whatever. Well, what's your favorite story in in that collection? So I've been thinking about this recently. I think for me, um, I think right now, and this might change. There's two, so let's narrow it down. So the one that that was one of the hardest to write and, and the, the story that I always wanted to write is um, Cellar Door. So I, I don't know if you've got to, that, up to that one yet, so I'm going to try and not give any spoilers. <laughs> okay, um, no, I haven't got to that one yet. Yeah. So so I'm, this is not a spoiler. Um, the, so the title comes from that story and it comes from um, the, so the, the, the narrator talks about how she goes for Reiki um, and this and this part, I can say that this part was actually autobiographical. This memory of hers was my memory, and that I s- sneaked in there. Um, is she goes to a Reiki session, you know, like Reiki healing session, and she wins it, and she she doesn't really believe it's working and things like that. And um, the the person who's doing it says that she can see the narrator's um, like she's laid there thinking. This is not working. This why am I here? This is not working. And um, the, the the Reiki person who's doing the therapy kind of thing—it's like a—it's like a healing thing. They said that they can see um, the person's old trauma coming from their feet. They can see dark blood like coming from their feet, and it's their old trauma that they've been holding on to, and it's spilling out onto the floor. Um, and and that's a thing that happened to me. I I went for a Reiki thing, and I'm and I'm one of those people. Who is is it Mulder? I was like, I want to believe. I kind of want to believe in this stuff, but I don't really. And um and the woman said that she could see blood coming from my that blood pouring from my feet, and it was like all this old stuff, all this old trauma that I'd not not really uh, worked through. 
And and the reason I reason I called the um, collection that is that sometimes in my stories I can see things that I go back to. There's certain themes and certain things that I keep going over and over and over again. It's almost like um, it's like you know picking at something that you won't leave alone. Right. And I, I might dra- I might dress it up in like monsters and vampires and and weird stuff, but I, but I can see where they are. Um, and so the story itself is the reason why it's one of my favorites is that I really like haunted house stories, and it is a version of that. And I can't say any more without spoiling it. Okay. Um, it, it was one of those where I was so I wanted to write it so much that I couldn't get out of my own way. Like I wanted it, you know, when you want something, when you're trying to write something, and you, in your head it's like perfect, but then when you try to write it down it's not what you envisioned and so you know it's that kind of thing so what I had to do was I just had to like I I did NaNoWriMo and I failed it I always do I'm not very good at NaNoWriMo but I just wrote it like stream of consciousness and um and that helped me like I I had to get out of my own you know the critic part of my brain I had to get out of the way to write it um and I did finally um and so that one is that's the that's the story I always wanted to write, um, and I finally managed it. That's so awesome. I, I would say that's, <laughs> that's my favorite. Yeah. That and it's it's so weird how the process works for anybody that writes. I am. Yeah. Uh, I know people that meticulously plan out every aspect of their yeah. story. You know, it's very laid out. Um, they've got everything pretty much written down. And then they just go for it. I'm a very stream of conscious writer. I go in with a basic idea, and I like to see where the story takes me. Yeah, yeah, it, I, I, yeah, I'm with you. That's how I do it. I, I know enough. It's like the whole um, uh, headlights of a car. Like I know enough to keep going, but I don't really know after that. Right, I can see right. A little bit. Um, I think it was. Uh, so I think it was. It's Ray Bradbury. So Ray Bradbury's got this. Uh, wrote this. Uh, how to write book and it's called Zen in the Art. I think it's Zen in the Art of Writing, and I would highly recommend it to every, every anyone because it's for one thing it's almost like a imagine Bob Ross doing a writing book. It's like that. It's very soothing and calming. <laughs> I um, don't know if I want to do that reading. I'd fall asleep. You know, it's, <laughs> it's really like you know, like it's the writing equivalent of you know, just do a few little trees, um, and. He he compares it to making friends with cats, like and and I've never had someone explain my writing process as as accurately at that. I have to like kind of Jedi mind trick myself into not putting a lot of importance on it. I have to go. Oh, I'm just I'm just writing this. It doesn't matter where it goes. I'm not going to think about if I'm going to get it published. I'm not going to think about if it's good. I'm just gonna you know. So like cats, where you have to pretend you don't want to be friends with them and then they'll come up to you it's that kind of thing like i have to do that like i have to pretend that it's no big deal i'm just i'm just noodling you know it doesn't matter if it doesn't turn out good and and that's the way i i have to do it um i i'm not saying i would never plan but in the past when i've tried to plan quite I, it tends to kill it i, I can't i 100 percent uh, agree with you there <laughs> yeah i'm not a uh, I found when I do anything creatively, artistically, that the more that I 
plan it out and really, with the exception of maybe like shooting a music video or, or something with, with video, like directing, because you really have to meticulously plan that out or it tends yeah. to just be a train wreck unless you're doing some like experimental stuff and that's different. But as far as music goes and, and writing goes and, I've always been a very in the moment type person when it comes to that. I always look at it like if I would rather get this out now and go back and edit and revise it, you know, and kind of, I can mold it afterwards to tailor whatever this turns into if I have to. But if I don't get it out now that I'm going off the tracks and I'm going to completely lose it, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I, a lot of my stuff is a very, I, it's kind of it's a, there's a lot of my subconscious at work when I'm doing it so I have to just let it do its thing and then later when I when I go back to edit I can I can find what what I was getting there and I can find about I the weirdest thing is writing poetry so, uh, so a lot of the poetry I do I do it's some of it's horror but I also do some like sci-fi poetry and stuff like that and and the weird thing about that is that that tends to come in a rush. Like, it's not that I don't have to edit it later. I do. But initially, it just all comes out in one thing and I just write it down. And then I can look at it and and look at and find the stuff that I was either worrying about or concerned about or had been thinking about. But I don't know in the moment. I've just got to let it do its thing. And then I can go back and go, oh, yeah, this is what this is about. I know what I was, you know. I can pick out all the things that I've been thinking about when, when you know, um, but I can't do that without just letting it, you know, do its thing first. Oh, ab- um, absolutely. I, I do the same thing when I write lyrics. That's, that's, that's how it comes out. It's just, I've got to get this off my mind. It comes out. And then a lot of times I'll go back to, and I, I I'll have to, you know, change some stuff around, but, but the general, purpose of the song is there and it's the same thing with poetry i don't write a lot of poetry but i Mm -hmm. always considered lyrics very similar (laughs) oh they're very close yeah that's why i know when you said how many lyrics you write i know how much that is because it's similar to if i was writing that level of poetry every week that yeah it i mean just because it's condensed doesn't mean it's you know easy to do yeah is what i'm saying it's one of those things, like, I've always thought about releasing a book of just lyrics of stuff mm-hmm. that I never used over the years or whatever. I've always thought about doing that because I think it's it would be interesting to, because, yeah. I, I don't know, I grew up in the 80s and early 90s, so I was yeah. obsessed with lyrics as a kid. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I think we must be a similar age, because yes, yes, because you used to... Um, like now, if you don't know what a song is, you don't know what the song is, you can just look it up on the internet and you can look at all the lyrics. Whereas I remember like, you know, liner notes. Um, oh, and, yes. <laughs> you know, and, and reading through those. And and um, there used to be a, a magazine in Britain when I was like a kid. This is in the 80s. There used to be a magazine called Smash Hits. And they would, um, and it was a music magazine, and they would print all the lyrics. So you would like pour over them because you would, otherwise you had no idea. Most songs like, some songs from when I was younger, I've been singing them wrong for decades. Oh, I, um, I've been doing that too. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I used to, I remember I would get a cassette and they would have those like those booklets that folded all together and you'd pull them out and they'd be like, yeah. you know, 
10 feet long. It always seemed like they were 10 right, feet right. long. And you're looking yep. with a magnifying glass trying yep. to read all the lyrics. Yep, yep, that's it. Yeah, I remember doing that. Yeah, or, or being disappointed when you, because they didn't always do it, did they? So some of them, no. you'd, you'd get the cassette and you'd be like, ah, I, and, and wouldn't be in it. I know nowadays a lot of a lot of bands don't include their lyrics in even, I'm still kind of a physical media person. Like, I still like CDs and, you know, and blu-rays and or, you know i still collect vhs yeah. but <laughs> I, yeah. I, I like having the physical media but even most if you buy like a cd from a band nowadays most of them don't include the lyrics anymore you know yeah because yeah. they've got them all on the uh you can you can look them up yeah I, I, it's just like an old lady i'm like you know in my day, <laughs> my day you couldn't just look up lyrics and know what they were saying you had to like listen really carefully and figure it out yeah, we, um, you know, and that's one of the, one of the things is I never used to put lyrics up for our songs on anything, but I've started doing that recently because, or excuse me, I'll have people ask me about certain yeah. songs or certain lyrics and they're like, well, I, you know, especially the type of music I play, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, where it's very heavy and sometimes you can't really make out what I'm saying anyway, but the, uh. It's it's always interesting, like, even some of the guys in my band sometimes will be like, what are you saying on that line right there? And they're like, it sounds to me like you're saying this. And I'm like, no, that's not even close, dude. It's, you know, yeah. oh, that makes way more sense, you know, <laughs> when yeah. you tell them. But I still like to go and look at lyrics and find them. And it just, it's, it's interesting. But one thing about that is I feel like we, it made us a little more invested in the artist when we were spending yeah. that time to look at the, you know, look at the lyrics and learn the words. And it wasn't just, it didn't seem so fleeting. Like now stuff seems to go out, go in one ear and out the other almost as fast as it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I think that's the same of all media. And I think it's a lot, I think that this, cause I, this is how I, I mean, how I listen to music now is, but back then you would get an album and then you would listen to the album. You would listen to like both sides if it was a record or if it was a, um, a cassette and then later you get a CD, but now you can, it's more of a pick and choose between songs. So I, I think, so, I, so you're invested in, cause you know, you get an album from, from a band that you like, but you might not get another one for how many years. So you would, so you would listen to it over and over again and you'd listen to the whole, especially a cassette because no one's, you know, it was it was a pain to fast forward songs. So oh, yeah. you'd listen to the whole album. <laughs> um, whereas now, I think, and, and there's something, I think there's pros and cons for both ways, but now you can pick and choose what you want and, and it's more to do with playlists rather than a, um, a curated album that the artist does. Now we kind of curate our own lists um, with our favourites on. So it's like a different way of listening, um, but yeah. Because I know I don't, I don't, I rarely listen. There's only a few albums I listen to now, yeah. and the others, you know, otherwise I listen to like playlists. So I'll just. Oh, I am a notorious <laughs> Spotify artist playlist guy. Like yeah. I, I have yeah. like ninety playlists on Spotify because <laughs> every this is something I do, and I'm sure a lot of other writers do it is. Every time, like, especially if I'm writing a book, um, mm. I like to make a custom playlist to listen to just while yeah. I'm writing that book. Because to me, those songs being on repeat 
it kind of sets the mood. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I will do. I'll do something similar. I'll, I'll pick a certain. Um, I'll do it on Pandora, so it's more random. But um, I will, I will pick a station to play for certain things. But the thing is with that is they may throw one in, a random song in, and you know instantly that that's not the right song for what you're writing. Right. It's hard to explain why. You just know that's not the right one. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I listen to certain, certain writing, certain stories. You need a certain soundtrack too. Yeah. 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 Cool. Especially if I'm writing something that's more of a period piece where it's set in a certain time period. You know, yeah. if I'm writing something that takes place in the 80s, I want it to have that soundtrack. Um, you know, I did that with Mr. Witcher, which was early 90s. So it was, yeah. you know, so I had the soundtrack of the early 90s, you know, the stuff that those characters would have been listening to and so forth was a big part of that book. And because I wanted it to set the tone that you knew this is when this is taking place, you know. Yeah. When the girls are jamming out to Ace of Base in their car, there's a reason, you know, that that sets a very definitive tone for what time period that is. Yeah, yeah. And when I was, so the first story in the collection is called The Limbo Lounge, and it is basically, um, it's... I love that story, by the way. That yeah, was, that was very interesting, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's um, basically... Uh, I'm not giving it away because you know straight away where you are, but it's um, it's purgatory as a strip club. So for the, so basically, there's a bunch of women in there and um, dancers in there, and and they're in purgatory. Um, so for that one, it was a lot of like 80s hair metal, and you know, um, just to get the right feeling of walking into, you know, a club like that. Um, even though some of them came from, di- because they were from different eras, some of them had different things. But to me, that, you know, I was playing like, you know, Guns of Roses and things like that, and uh, Poison and things. Because that was, even though they wouldn't necessarily be on my playlist always, but for that, that's what I needed to listen to in order to get into that frame of mind to write that story. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. I just, I thought that was, and I'm not going to give it away, but I really liked the way you ended it. I thought that was really cool. That was kind of a, that was an unexpected little twist to me anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So. Um, go ahead. Oh, oh, so, uh, so, you know, you've got a, a wide, you've got a wide variety of stories. I, I yes. just got done and I, sorry, I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head, but it's about the. It's about the lady with the finding the different animals. Oh yeah, it, caught. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. That's the one I just finished that one up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, a couple of things. I mean, I think. Well, first of all, I forget my own titles sometimes because also some of them I've been writing over a long period of time, so they've had different titles. Right. So I'll, I'll do that. You know, the one with. Um, but I, I, as far as having a wide range, I, I, that was very purposeful. So the reason I did that is for two reasons. The one is that I, um, one is that I, I like short story. I know that some people like more themed short story collections where everything's, they're all in a similar vein. But for me, I like, I like variety. I like oh, to, me too. <laughs> yeah, I like to see different things. And and secondly is I wanted to because sh- it's my first book uh, of just me on my own 
um, I wanted to show what I what I, what I was capable of. You know, I wanted to uh, show that I could do these. I mean, they're all mainly. I mean, they're all they all fit in the horror genre. But there's like you know, there's a folk horror in there. There's body horror. There's gothic. There's um, weird. There's um, there's all kinds of different types. There's like you know, apocalyptic uh, sci-fi horror. And I, and I wanted to show that I could that I was capable of doing it. Um, and also, like I, when I'm writing, I, I like to um, I like to give myself little little like challenges to see if I can, you know, like can I do a nested story of, about Victorian? Uh, I'm not going to promise I'm not giving anything away in this, you know. Like can I write a nested story about Victorian a Victorian uh, gentlemen's club who get illnesses on purpose you know can i write a sermon where it's in you know post-apocalyptic cult and and all of the and it's based on punk music i got you know? a, i had a wicked kick out of that one too by the way just yeah. because I, the references were great <laughs> yeah. yeah i do love music you probably can tell um and you know so it, it is it's it's me uh wanting to show that i'm capable of doing a wide range of stuff but also like just like testing myself to see if i can like that's a lot of my writing is, um, I because I, I really want to do it on a couple of levels. Like I want them to be stories that um, that a lot of people can can connect to and 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 and, and enjoy. But I also want to do it on another level. Whereas if you're into certain types of music or you're into horror generally, then you're going to find these like references and Easter eggs that other people wouldn't necessarily get. Yeah. Um, and that's because I, I love I love that in stuff, you know, like that's very satisfying to my brain. So I wanted to put it so it could be read in a, a couple of different ways, you know, um, and that people would get different things out of it. So so yeah, it, it was it was um, definitely um, it was definitely on purpose to make yeah. you know all those different types of stories in there. Yeah, I know, and I know, yeah. I, I know, like when I've done collections and stuff in the past, I I've always they've always kind of had their own thing. I think the only, like, tying factor is usually I have a novella yeah, as the main story accompanied by, like, four or five shorts. I've never just yep. done a straight-up short story collection where everything is, like, you know, 20 pages or under. There's always that, like, 100... You know, there's always that one that's about 100 pages-ish yeah. Right around, you know, and then a bunch of like ten, fifteen page stories. So it's yeah. it's um I've it's so this one that I had started on and kinda got sidetracked with it during this whole thing was more of an actual true short story collection where it was just short stories and not so that was different for me and and again, like you were saying they're all very different from each other. You know, there's not a lot that really ties them in. It's kind of, yeah. but I enjoy that to me. I've always had, I've always wanted to do, uh, I don't even know if you would call it so much as an anthology, but like a, you know, like three or four novellas that kind of tie in together in one collection oh, yeah. type deal. Yeah. You know, that were all kind of stood on their own as separate stories, but all tied in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of an idea, which brings it back around to this, was you have a story in this collection that was actually something we were going to do as a 
collection of different stories all based around the same thing. And I'm super yes. pumped that you decided to put that in that book. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I have to do the, I, I had full permission to do it because you'd said, um, and I made sure that you got the credit. But yeah, that was, uh, yeah. I, well, you were the one who started off the, the whole project. So you talk about it and then I'll talk about the story. <laughs> so, well, so the original idea was, was to get, you know, uh, uh, I, I can't remember now, but I think it was like a dozen authors or so all working together on yep. a short story based around, I don't want to give it away, so I'm going to skirt around some stuff. But um, yep. the basic premise was there's a town called Blue Ridge and there's the legend of the Blue Ridge Devils. Yep. And what I wanted to do was have each author with this basic premise write a story about it. You know, there was just a couple little things that we had, you know, for guidelines, but everything was, it basically would all tie in. And what I wanted to do was originally was do it and put it out and, you know, donate any of the proceed, proceeds from it to like a charity. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it just didn't really pan out as far as, we got some really good stories out of it. Um, yeah, yeah, there were some really good stories out of it, but it just never quite just gelled like we were hoping. And there was, it just kind of dissipated after a while and, and didn't happen. So I was really, really excited because I, I loved your take on the whole thing, you know, the, yeah. and, and the kind of the, 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 the beauty queen getting, also I could think of, there was a song by Reba McIntyre called Fancy. And that is exactly what that that kind of story reminded me of that with a horror twist. Yeah. I mean, I so the story that, that came from that and, and came from the inspiration of your idea of, you know, Blue Ridge and the Blue Ridge Devils was um, I, I really wanted to do something that had like, because I really like urban legends. I love urban legends. So I wanted to do, do something that had an urban legend vibe Um and 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 in my head, I kind of because of movies and stuff, I kind of connect it to the eighties. And also, um, the main character in mine is Janine, and she's a, a woman who has had a really rough life and was born on the wrong side of the tracks, and and just has had it rough. And but I wanted to make her. She is the she's the hero. You know, she is the main character, and and so. I wanted to put all this together, like especially because I'm I'm a little bit obsessed about prom prom things because the I mean there's not it's not a spoiler that there's a prom but um I because I grew up in 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 the UK when they didn't have proms the only proms I saw were like on TV on like eighties teen teen movies which I love and um and it was incredibly incredibly uh. Uh, glamorous to me the idea of proms like it was it, it was fantastic because we didn't have anything like that and so when I came over here and I you know I married my husband and my husband's like oh I didn't I didn't go to mine I went paintball and, and he just didn't care about it and I was like why you didn't go to your prom but according to my research you know that's what all American kids do and um and so but Janine is uh and and so I wanted to put all them together and Janine not only is Janine one of my favorite characters out of the book like I really I wouldn't be surprised if she comes somewhere else because I just I really like her but also I've had a lot of response from other people who um and the other part of the book which was I can't say but uh, of the story but um but I've had really really positive responses 
about Janine. Like people really like her um, and they really like the story. So, yeah, I've got you to thank for that. So thank you, TJ. <laughs> hey, well, you're welcome. I'm glad you were able to, you know, make something awesome out of that. And the story yeah. that I originally had, you know, put in towards that, um, I was something I was actually going to plan on putting in this yeah. next collection I had and maybe fleshing it out a little bit more. But um, I I really like that idea. And I still in my head think that eventually, maybe not so much the, the, the Blue Devils, but the doing a anthology of, of short stories like mm -hmm. that, but just do it on my own. And kind of each yeah. story is its own separate thing, but it all kind of ties into this town type type thing, yeah. you know. And uh, because I really like that concept, and I loved the best part to me about that whole thing was seeing the concept that I had thrown out there, and seeing yeah. seeing how everybody else interpreted it was real was yeah. really cool because everybody. Uh, Leslie Linda wrote a really, really interesting and cool story for that that I remember very vividly. Yeah. That I just I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. That was that yeah. was really cool and outside the box, you know. Yeah. And it, it was it was really fun. And I, and I really wish that would have come together, you know. But yeah, it just didn't work out. It was a I think it was a maybe a little too epic in scale for. Yeah. 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 And, but you're right, the stories that came out of it, they were the the beauty of it was that they were all so different. They were so different. And, and we were all like we're all writing horror and we're all writing about the same town and, and the same same concept in it. But the, the variety was amazing. Um it was a really like it I really enjoyed it. I and I do going back to the idea of, of writing your own, I love that. I love that um I love stories when they're all based around a town, and and then I, or even like authors that do. I mean, obviously the most successful one, one I can think of, of of having kind of a shared world is Stephen King, where all of his stuff is, uh, yeah. you know, takes place in the same. But but I do I love it when people do that, and and I think the thing is with with my stories is that they, and I realized this way after I realized it after, um after even the book was published, is that, that my stories generally they do they do happen in the same world. Yeah. Like they like some of them are in, in history and in different parts of history, but in my head they all it's like I've created a, a, a separate like a, a world that's a bit like ours, but it's got other things in it that are not in ours. And that these are where my stories are set. Um and I and I hadn't really thought about it until the collection was um complete and was published that 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 was what I was doing, but I but I do love that. I love that when you get all stories that are uh, connected. Like I loved the, um, oh, I'll just say it, the Castle Rock the series. Oh yeah, I loved that. That first season was fantastic. I was really mad about the end. I didn't like the end. I haven't I, I, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't sitting on my shelf behind me. Yeah, because I, I, I but, bought it. <laughs> I, I yeah, haven't watched I it yet. Yeah, but the rest of it was amazing, and, and it was amazing. It's some of the best TV I've seen in ages, and so I'm, I was mad about the ending. But it, it doesn't mean that I think people shouldn't watch it. Put it that way. But but that's that kind of thing. I think you'll enjoy it for that because of like obviously you'll recognise it as well. Right. Um, but the world the the world of it, um, this idea of Castle Rock as a world. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so, so I do like that stuff. I really like that. I, I like the idea of the shared universe, especially when it's, huh, you know, um, I, I'm, I grew up 30 minutes from Stephen King. You know, this is, yeah. so I have been immersed in Stephen King since I first started yeah. reading horror, you know, but yeah. so I think I got that in my head, not just that, but I was a huge fantasy uh, reader as a kid yeah. and fantasy, yeah. especially like I was very into the Dungeons and Dragons, Forgotten Realms yeah. and, um, Dragonlance and all that stuff is all, it's all shared world. Or, you know, yeah. so I've always loved that concept, even with my own stuff. You know, I have I have three or four towns that all take place that all my stories take place in. And I just keep kind of going back to those because yeah. there's a familiarity there, to me, you know, and I enjoy writing yeah. in those worlds because they're familiar because there's bits and pieces of of the areas that I grew up in in those stories. So it's just, I don't know. I enjoy, even though the stories are fantastical, you know, they it just, yeah. it, it feels like going home every time I go there, you know, as weird as that yeah. might sound. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I, in a way there's, there's a story in the book, um, called, um, Bobby Red Eyes, which is a, a, about a place, um, a disused it's about an urban legend that's actually a real urban legend from my hometown and um it's about a disused railway a mile long disused railway tunnel and most of it's been knocked down now but it did it did actually exist and we used to hang out there when i was a kid and so someone one of my friends uh old school friends on facebook when he knew i had a book he was like there better be a mention of a certain disused railway tunnel and i was like <laughs> absolutely is and he was like you're kidding like he, he he was joking i was like no it's definitely in there and that was me kind of going home again it was me recreating a place that doesn't exist anymore uh not fully anyway um i think they they basically built a road over it um and so that yeah that was that was a bit of course the things in the story didn't haven't happened in real life but um but that was a putting a bit a bit of my hometown in there, I guess. Yeah, I, th I, th I think I don't care who the writer is. I think there's always bits and pieces of one you and yeah. where you're from in your stories. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Definitely a, some pe yeah. some people kind of delve into that a little deeper than others do, but and it's it's always weird because the town I live in is tiny. I mean, we have I. You know, when I was growing up, it was a lot bigger. But over the years, it's because it was a it was a mill factory type town, and all that yeah. stuff closed. So now it's you know about a third of the size of what it used to be. But yeah, there's um, there's two other authors from my hometown that you yeah. know that are published authors that I I talk to on the regular, and it's really kind of weird seeing their stories that they write. Um, one of them doesn't write horror. Um, the other, she, she writes more fantasy, but the one, um, author Jeremy flag, if anybody wants to check out Jeremy's stuff, I'll give him a little plug. Uh, great. Yeah. Writes a lot of great superhero stuff, but he does a lot of horror and stuff as well. Yeah. 
But it's really interesting reading some of his horror stuff that's kind of, you know, it takes place in the area I'm from and seeing from a different perspective how somebody else saw those areas, you know, that you're familiar yeah. with is always really cool to me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it is. I'll have to, I don't know. I know there's a lot of like, um, when I, I looked it up online in this, this particular tunnel, there's a lot of like urban um, explorers who take pictures of it um, now. But um, but I don't know if anybody else has written about it. I don't know if I'm, I might not even be the first one, but I, not that I know of anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was he was totally joking. He was like, and so then what happened then was that all the people who like all the people like we were like in we hadn't even started middle school, I think, or we we were in middle school when we used to go down there, and they all all ended up buying the book because it got that in, and he was like, you know, I I need commission, you know, <laughs> I need some commission from this. I'm selling all your books for right. you. Um, that's, that's one way to sell books, folks. If you put something in that people you hung out with when you were a kid, they'll buy it. Um, Recognize some moments, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because let's, as as I think, something about the quote I always loved was, "Don't piss off an author because they'll 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 kill you off in one of their books." Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the same, not so much to that extreme, but I think too, it, it's always weird. I, I don't know if I really necessarily avoid it, but a lot of the people I was friends with growing up have mm. weaseled their way into some of my characters, you know, <laughs> especially like the childhood era characters where it's like, yeah. I think if those certain, certain people would read the book, they, you know, some of them are no longer with us, but if certain yeah. people would read some of those books, I think they would almost instantaneously know who I was talking about in those books, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, mine are more of a... They're more of a... I don't know. I'll have to have a look. Probably. What's more likely is that I don't realize I've done it, and then they would be like, this seems like so-and-so, but I but I don't do it consciously. Uh, I kind of mix people. I, I try not to, but it's, it, again, like you're yeah. saying, it's a sub, it, it happens, I think, whether we realize it or yeah. not, because you kind of, I think, I think all authors, in one way or the other, revert to what they know in certain instances, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you kind of go back to that familiarity that's there, and you're like, oh. and then all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, I basically just described little Johnny that I went to school with, and uh, <laughs> you know his family that lived up the street, and oh, you know, hopefully I don't get sued. Um, <laughs> yeah, changes in <laughs> So the uh, so you said you know you were a big fan of '80s movies. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. I always, you know. I, I started this whole podcast with the premise of I wanted to get all my awesomely talented friends on because I yeah. I feel very lucky that I I have gotten to know such a diverse swath of artistic people from my years of being yeah. and it all stems from being a musician and and yeah. also because I write but more so because I I'm a musician I've met you know filmmakers and I've met authors and I've met actors and I've met so it it's very I've always I thought it, the whole premise of the show was to be able to bring all those different people in and be able to talk mm. to them all these awesome creative people that I know but the, part of it was I want to hear what all you guys think about movies 
You know, (laughs) sometimes I don't get to that, but I know we had preempted this a little bit by figuring out some stuff. And uh, (laughs) so I want to know what are some of your favorite 80s movies? Because I'm an 80s kid. So, you know, I'm a 80s movie cinephile. (laughs) Yeah, so many, so many. Because so what you've got to remember is, is that when so when I was a kid um, in the 80s and um, a lot of it was uh, like I we got our first uh, VHS like video player and it was a top loader. Do you remember? And they were oh, really loud. Yes. And, it, and they weighed about yep. 70 pounds and they, uh... yep, yep. <laughs> yep. And it, you know, they, so, and, and so with that came the advent of like video videos. Well, I mean, you guys would call them video stores, but we called them video shops. Um, so, so first of all, so basically a lot of it came from that. And a lot of it came from like me and my brother would go down and my, me and my brother were always really into horror, like really early on. And um, we would go and look at the covers uh, of all the, all the movies and especially the horror section. And we would try and convince like random adults to, you know, <laughs> Rent these check them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and we were looking away. I'm totally throwing my mother under the bus here, but I'm sure she won't mind. But we're looking away because, because it was the beginning of like videos and stuff like, they we watched so much stuff that we probably shouldn't have watched you know like we watched a lot of horror movies that were definitely were not the age of um you know but those early videos i remember i i were really into vampires and so the first i think the first one we convinced someone to actually check out for us i remember was um love at first bite and it had got which had got Leslie Nielsen in. It's like a comedy, but it's a vampire. So it's the wow. closest there's, we can get to there's a, yeah. there's a call from the list of movies I haven't seen since the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I don't I've seen them, but I remember that was one of the first and then I think the second one was like E. T. But as far as like um my favorite movies are and this is edging into the nineties a bit, but my my all time favorite movie is um and it's one that couldn't get made today because of like the way things are, but my all-time favorite movie is Heather's um, with Winona Ryder and uh, Christian Slater in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the now. Yeah. Um, and so I I watch that every year on my birthday. That's like my birthday uh, ritual is that I watch Heather's. Um, but I also, I really like, I'll just keep listing them. So uh, some of my favorite movies include um, Heather's. I, I love Amadeus. Uh, I love um, Goonies. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, a big, yeah, big, big favorite is Lost Boys. That was one of the covers that we used to like look at and like, you know, the one with the Keith Sutherland on the cover. Oh yeah, the the, the, was, the like, red cover. Was it the red cover or the one that's black with just his face and he's all vamped out? The one with yeah, the black one where he's got yeah, just his face on. And we were like, we would look at that and like, one day we will get someone to check that out. <laughs> you know, like we could, um, and we did and then eventually we I mean we when it comes to it's another one that I watch all the time when it comes to Lost Boys we literally like wore out like I think three VHS's because we watched it every day oh, yeah. like that's the one thing about VHS like, they definitely yeah. from rewinding them and you know yeah. after a while they definitely wear out I have uh, yeah. I still collect VHS I think I've got around seven or eight hundred right now um yeah, because I'm I'm like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think the quality is better than Blu-ray or anything like that. But there's just such a nostalgia thing with me with 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 yeah. the uh, VHS and um, yeah, it's t- something yeah. about them. I discovered that's I think to me is because that's when I discovered my love of film in 
you know, horror yes. was because of the. I remember, yeah, you know, the first the first movie I ever saw, and I really wasn't supposed to be watching it, uh, but I had my my youngest of my sisters is eight years older than me, so I think I... she was like twelve or thirteen at the time, yeah. and. Uh, we got our first VCR. It was actually, we rented the VCR. My dad rented it, and he rented two movies. Yeah. He rented Poltergeist and Flash oh, and, yeah. and Flash Gordon. Um, yeah. I love both of those. Like, Flash <laughs> is, if I had a top five, Flash Gordon's way up there. It's, like, really up there. Um, I'll never not watch Flash Gordon if it comes on that TV. That movie terrified me as oh, a kid. Yeah. <laughs> a flash garden yeah did? the scene with the spikes when they're on the rotating oh, the, yep, I yep. don't know what that's actually called but that thing and the guy goes on the spikes I was five <laughs> I remember young. I remember that freaking me out really bad but I was going to say about poltergeist was yeah, my sister because we had our own little like uh, we had our own living room because the house I grew up in was fairly good size and uh, yeah. so we had our own TV in there and, you know, and that's where we had the VCR. Well, my sister was watching Poltergeist. And she's like, you know, you yep. can't go in here, go outside and play, whatever. Well, I remember coming into the scene with the, the little boy in the bed and the clown and the tree. And yeah. that just yeah. freaking oh. me out because I was five. I think I was five at the time, four or five. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I mean, it's, it was a scary and those were the kind of stuff we were getting. We were like getting, we were like watching all the Elm Streets, the Poltergeist. Um, and we were really into, I always forget the name of this, Nightbreed, the one that's based oh, on the Clyde Barker. Oh, the Clyde Barker, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we watched that. And, and I think a lot of when, a lot of my stories, um, uh, the premise is that uh, the monster's not really the monster's. And I, and I think there's a direct line from like Nightbreed for that, you know, that I just like internalized it that, you know, uh, the monsters weren't always the bad guys. Right. Uh, and what else was there? And obviously all the teen movies. I loved all the teen movies because it was so different to how I grew up. Um, but also during that time, um, so in Britain during that time, there was a thing, it was about, they called it Video Nasty. Oh, yes. And Very those, familiar yeah. with that. <laughs> yep. And a lot of those movies were actually banned in Britain. They were banned. Um, you couldn't get them. And so... I always found you know, it weird too what some of those movies were because comparatively to some other movies, I didn't think yeah. some were worse than others. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Yeah, so we, so they were a lot of movies were banned uh, for a long time until we're older. Like, Exorcist was one of them, and but the but the thing is, you know what happens when you ban something? Oh, everybody, when everybody wants it. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants it, and so there used to be all these like. They get passed along at school all these VHS tapes of like, uh, you know, like uh, Exorcist was one. Um, what else was that? Oh, uh, Reanimator, uh, Driller Killer. I think. Oh yes, Evil Dead. <laughs> Driller Killer. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I just watched um, that last year for the first time. So. I, I'm since since back then. Um, you know, the Evil Deads. I, I spit on your grave, things like that. So it made it even more, like, I probably wouldn't have cared about watching them if they hadn't just banned them. So they made it super attractive to try and, like, find them. So so we, we, we watched all of them, and we were way not, we were totally not old enough to watch those things. Um, so so I remember that. Uh, we That was the thing we used to do. And uh, But there was, there's loads, there's loads. Like, 
I I really loved a lot of eighties movies, and we watched them all over over and over again. And there was like you know, as you know, there was no internet to keep you entertained, and so it was either you were listening to sets or you were watching videos. Um, so yeah, a lot of my uh, favorite movies and like uh, are from that time, around that time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because by the time like when the nineties rolled around, I'd hit high school and. Um, I was still watching movies, but like MTV to, uh, came to Britain around the same time, so I was watching MTV a lot, and um, and also like I was being a teenager and going out with friends, so so it was all them uh, all them years of us watching VHSs in the eighties that really imprinted on my brain. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. I I was uh, I was talking about this with one of my friends on uh, my last episode. That- we were talking about, you know, because him and he's he's a couple years older than me, but one of the biggest things was we would go to the video store, and I remember like, okay, I can get one movie for the weekend or two if I was really lucky, yeah. and yeah. you know, just ninety percent of the time I picked my movies out based on the cover art, and yes. and the cover art Absolutely. was better than the movie ninety percent of the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm really, I'm really gonna. I might cause some trouble here because I know people really love this movie. But, um, but I always found the cover was looked amazing. But I was disappointed by the movie, not because it wasn't good, but because of how amazing the cover was. Fright Night. Oh yes. Um, the cover of Fright Night was just like, and anything like that. We were like, fright. We were looking at, at you know. Um, but yeah, that's because we didn't. A lot of the. We not I've not read about them in a magazine or anything. Or, or yeah, you you were solely going on the covers, um, and you never and especially in Britain back then they don't do it now. But back then in Britain, every every movie we got from America would be about two years later. So they it would hit us. It hit your cinemas, and then two years later it hit ours, and then a year later you get the VHS. So we were really out of date as far as movies and stuff goes. So it's not like we would have seen it in newspapers or anything. It was it was just what was... And we had no sense of... And I love this, actually, that we had no sense of what considered a good movie or a bad movie. Oh, yeah. We just just picked what we we we, um, we, we thought looked good. So, so with that... I, and, I, and the same thing happened to me with reading in that way. And I think it's a great way to, like, have a really, like, personal canon of stuff that... Uh, you're not being influenced by what you should be reading or you should be watching. You just go in with what you like the look of, you know. And uh, and so, like, I, I watched all, all kinds of great movies. I, I find myself, this is really sad, but I find myself, like, directing Wikipedia about stuff. Like, there was a, um, what did I end up doing? Oh, there was a, 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 vamp- a list of uh, vampires in movies and they missed out Rockula. So I ended up putting out Rocket Emily. Am I the only one who remembers Rockula? That's the thing. Did you ever watch Rockula? No, but I remember the cover. I remember the cover. I never, I never, I actually forgot about it until you just mentioned it. Yeah. But I, I remember <laughs> the cover we had over here was like he had the cape out, kind of. Yeah. And it was like do, doing that, you know, like the rocker pose thing on the on the front yeah. cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it just, I mean, I'm not suggesting it's, I mean, I'd watch it again. I'm not suggesting it's a great movie, but B.B. Um, King's in it. You know, Tony, um, oh, she did, 
that song called Tony Basil. Tony Basil plays his mother in it. The Hey Mickey Girl. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, it, it really, so, yeah, I find myself, like, I'm on Wikipedia adding Rockula to the list of, you know, because that's a completely normal thing to do. Um, <laughs> you know, so, uh, so, yeah, I love, and, but, it, I mean, we were into vampires then, but we any any horror that we would watch and, uh, and and obviously like the kind of kids movies of the time like E.T. and um and and Goodies and stuff like that. Um and but we but we watched we watched them all. Um some of them over and over again. Oh yeah, I yeah. I have I have a few of my original VHS tapes that I bought from the video store because that was the only way yeah. I could afford to ever buy them. Because, I mean, even yeah. back then, getting them used for the video store was, like, anywhere between 10 and $20, you know, yeah. to get a used copy. If you were lucky, it was halfway decent. I mean, I bought some garbage just because I could own yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, but there's there's so many bad movies. I mean, and I know they're not good movies, but I love them. Just because yeah, they're so I, imprinted in my brain about like good yeah. memories, you know, and just yeah. And I really wish that was one thing. I, I, man, some of the greatest artwork I've ever seen come out of eighties movies, you know, for for yeah. covers and stuff. The artwork was just so yeah. amazing back then. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Yeah, yeah, it and it. And and I and I'm a great believer in um I d I don't I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I believe that you you know, if you like something, you like something. And and a lot of the movies that are considered really bad, I I unapolog I, like unapologetically just love them. Like not ironically, I just love them. <laughs> you know, like I don't No, uh, oh yeah, I hear you because one of my all time favorite movies is the movie Critters. I don't know if you've ever seen Yeah, I love Critters. No, yeah, I've seen Critters. <laughs> it's well. <laughs> it is not a great movie by any means, but man, do I love that movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and I'm not saying, see, I think this is a great movie, but every Christmas, me and my husband watch uh, Gremlins. Oh, one of, my all, one of my all-time favorite. It is a Christmas yeah. movie. There's no, Christmas there movie. is no fighting about that. That is a Christmas movie. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we watched that. Um and and yeah and, and and some of the lesser known ones like I was really I was I think I had a, I had a massive crush on uh, Harry Haim I don't even know if I'm saying his name right yep. Harry Haim yep. yeah at the time so like stuff like the ones that he made with um, uh, the other Corey Feldman uh, <laughs> yeah uh, just like License to Drive or, and and it's uh, God it's not a good movie uh, License to Drive watch that loads I remember of time. Loads I remember of time. the theme yeah. song from that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what else was there? And, and they did one called Dream a Little Dream, I think, in the Dream, 90s. Yeah, they were Dream over. a Little Dream. Yeah. yeah. Like that. Um, what else was there? Oh, but I really, another one of my all time favorite movies is The Burbs. Oh, uh, you know, I just Hanks. watched that not too long it's, ago on VHS, mind you. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> that has one of yeah, my favorite that. scenes. We actually um, are using it as a sample for our live shows in my band. Where he's sitting there and he's like, Ray, you're chanting. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. <laughs> Satan is our pal, you know. <laughs> and I always think of like uh, Corey. I can't do accent. I won't be able to do the accent. But Corey Haim being on the on the roof and shouting, the pizza dudes here. And they're all sat watching it. And they've ordered pizza. 
Um, I, but I love that. I worried that I, what do they call the family in it? You know, the one the who clo- was like, the Clopex. The Clopex. I always wonder, I always worry a little bit that I might be the Clopex. <laughs> <laughs> Every street's got to have one, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, yeah. before I forget, and this is kind of maybe a good way to kind of start winding it down is, uh, yep. have you heard the band at the movies yet? I, I haven't, but it, but it rings a bell, but I don't think I have. Okay. I'm going to send you on a rabbit hole once we're off this, um, go on YouTube and type in at the movies. Okay. okay, I just backed their GoFundMe for their album. Um, what it is, is it's a bunch of very well-known metal and rock musicians. During the mm-hmm. quarantine, they all got together. And yeah. they were like, the concept was, what do you do when you're in quarantine? You watch a lot of movies. So yeah. what they did is they did covers of all these awesome 80s songs for movies. Um, oh, that's great. You know, it's got songs from Pretty and Pink, The Neverending Story, Rocky IV, yeah. um, just yeah. St. Elmo's Fire, uh, yeah. and they're so good. And, yeah, I've definitely seen this. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, it's got um, uh, View to a Kill from the movie View to a Kill. Uh, yeah. You know, so you, I mean, they're doing like Duran Duran, and they're doing all this different stuff. And the songs are so good, but it's kind of, it, it's really cool. Like, I hear those songs and I instantly whisk back. I mean, I still listen to that stuff anyway. Be- oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, do. I still listen to that stuff anyway, but hearing that, hearing those songs, I mean, I'm instantly watching that, you know, watching those movies again. And it's, it's yeah. so, so cool. But they did a video for each song, like a quarantined um, Zoom call type video for each one of them. Yeah. And, it's just, it's glorious. Just <laughs> yeah, that's that's the best of my day. So then, that's what I'm doing. For <laughs> oh yeah, I think there's like twelve or thirteen songs anyway. So I think you would yeah. appreciate it. You know. Yeah, I'm sure I would. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna. That definitely sounds like my thing. Oh yeah, it's it's great. I'm I'm just anxiously awaiting to get my copy of the album now. You know. Um. So yeah, we do have to start wrapping things up because, like I said, this yep. this always goes by quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, you know what what do you got what do you got planned for the future as far as like upcoming you know upcoming works? So at some point this year, hopefully, um, it it hit a few um, setbacks, but I do have a story called Purgatory um, that's going to be in. Um, uh, an anthology called Woodbutt Time Await and it's a New England folk horror anthology and it's coming out from Haverhill uh, Publishing so I've got a story in that and then as far as what I'm working on right now is I am writing a novel um, and then I'm in the really really early stages um, so I'm doing you know I'm just doing the I'm doing a lot of the initial uh, research and you know just immersing immersing myself in it um the only thing i can say and bearing in mind that i never really know where my stories are going until they go there is that so far i've been researching victorian body snatchers 70s female rock singers and (laughs) alien abduction i already love i already love the sounds of this (laughs) i'm in so (laughs) you sold me (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm working on that for the for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, if people want to follow you online uh, or or yeah. check out your stuff, where can they find you? So I I've got a website. It's emmajgibbon.com. And if they want to follow me on Twitter as well, that is at Emma J. Gibbon. Emma J. Gibbon. Yeah, that's my handle. So if you just search that, you'll be able to find links to where I am. And I'm sure everybody yeah. can probably snag your stuff on Amazon or wherever, yeah. wherever, yeah, yeah. wherever fine books are available. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I will say if if you can try it, if you've got a local store, try that first. But they that they are available. It's available on Amazon and both Kindle and paperback. It's available on Barnes and Noble, um, Bookshop dot org. Um, so all the usual places. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much for coming on, and I wish you all kinds of success with everything thank you're putting you. down. It's great. Like I said, I'm I'm absolutely loving loving you know dark blood right now that's uh but i'm i'm on a slow pace but i'm going through it it's uh it's been it's been my break book at work so when i'm on breaks you know i read a little bit um it's the right yeah it's the right length for that yeah it's perfect length for that because i can get through about one story a break so uh yeah you know so very very much continued success for you and I would like to thank every, you know, I want to thank you for coming on the show and talking with me. It was fun. Yeah. I'm glad we finally got to do it. I know we've been talking yeah, about it forever. So, yep. Yep. Um, so thank you very much. And I want to thank everybody that has been listening to the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. I will be back next month as usual. And I just want to say, you know, close it out as usual. Be kind to each other. And I will see you sexy animals on the flip side. <laughs>